Welcome to the High Performer Blueprint Podcast, where busy professionals learn the habits to become a high performer and live the healthy lifestyle they dream about. I'm your host, Leak Bola. Let's go. Today, we are joined by Nick Khan, owner and coach of FitWiz Conditioning. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? Bro, I'm doing well. It's good to be connected again. Uh, me and Nick mm-hmm. go a ways back. We've been studying uh, fitness from you know a while when we were back in college. And so that's really when uh, we met each other. So it's really great to see how we've both grown on our journeys and to see both of us as business owners and being able to affect many people. So Nick, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, so my name is Nick Kahan, and I'm a personal trainer in St. Louis area, and I specialize in uh, mobility and flexibility, as well as uh, pre and post injury uh, for most clientele. It's not that I stay away from the athletics and the performance side of things, but I do um, prefer to help sort of the aging population and people that uh, maybe just need to learn how to uh, move their bodies again or, or move better. Uh, is typically where I sort of, that's my wheelhouse and, and what I like to um, help people with. So that's great, man. And I think, you know, which kind of comes to the topic we're going to really focus on today is typically with fitness, people have so many different things they might want to do with it. And I know for a lot of people I work with, it's the majority of just, you know, body transformations, losing some fat, building some muscle. So not, sure. uh, I know a lot of people typically just focus on those benefits. But what I really want to get into, like, are some of the other benefits of fitness, because like you yourself, you work with a lot of people that really help them with that. So what is functional fitness to you? Yeah, so uh, for, for me personally, and I know there's a lot of different um, uh, definitions out there online and, and in resources that we have as trainers, but for me, functional functional training comes down to uh, looking at a client's current fitness level and sort of what they're capable of and, and identifying and uh, evaluating. Um, I hate the, I hate the term weak points, but uh, you know, there are things that could be brought up to speed in terms of getting to a baseline for functionality in terms of range of motion, mobility, um, strength, performance, that type of stuff. And we kind of roll all that into one and, and get somebody to where they can perform maybe some of these more advanced moves or more challenging moves, whether that's from overload or from a uh, just in terms of a biomechanical standpoint, right. Getting them to a better place where they're moving a little bit more clean and a little bit better. So um, it, it really depends on sort of the, the clientele and sort of what their issues, if you will, uh, you know, air quotes on that issues in terms of movement, but uh, we, you know, I like to look and evaluate what a client's um, capable of and sort of going from there, working on what they're good at and then bringing other stuff up to speed. And so we can really sort of broaden their horizons in, in, in terms of what resistance training is and, and what workouts can provide. Yeah. I think that's key to be really balanced in movements. And I know you have a lot of experience doing that with working with clients. So what role does exercise play in just everyday movements? Like, why is it so important that exercise is going to be able to help people in their daily life? Yeah. Uh, so that, I think that, you know, sort of hits the nail right on the head is, is daily life, you know, um, it's, it's, for us, fitness fanatics, we're, you know, we're, we, we live in the gym and, and we sort of, we live and breathe fitness and, and, 
um, health and wellness. And, and we're sort of advocates for that sphere. But when it comes down to it, when we're working with general population clients is these are people that are businessmen that are nurses, you know, people in healthcare or whatever the field is finance, they're not necessarily doing, you know, uh, uh, all day workouts or working and, and moving their bodies all day. Right. And so we have to identify and sort of help these people to get to a better place biomechanically so that when they do decide to go to the gym and when they do decide to work out, uh, or, or run or, um, bike or what, you know, whatever it is, their choice, their modality is for exercise. We want to try to help them get to a better place to be primed and ready to do those sorts of activities. And by doing that, it then also makes their day-to-day activity a lot, you know, less stressful, less painful, and they feel like they're living a better day-to-day life and their quality of life has improved just from having this better biomechanical and, and, better movement patterns. I love how you brought up quality of life. I think that's so important to always remember. This is about living a quality life. So if your movements are going to be better and obviously the other benefits that, you know, would take forever for us to go through is going to have a role in having a better quality of life. So I know you've been in this industry a very long time, just like me. I know marketing pretty much puts a lot of spin on a lot of words. And if we think about functional fitness, there's a lot of, you know, meaning today where it's very used frequently as a buzzword to get people to really buy into why they need to do these exercises. So a lot of people will say, well, this is a functional exercise. That's not a functional exercise. So I know this is kind of a hot Mm -hmm. debate I want to talk about. Do you believe any exercise can be functional? Like, I know you have certain exercises that you work with with your clients and you believe they're probably better, but do you believe yeah. any exercise can be functional? So sort of the the idea of uh, path of least resistance. I think that there's stuff that uh, there's, there's exercises out there and modalities that are best bang for your buck movements, um, things that really you know, give you that extra edge in terms of sort of the the gains that you're looking for in terms of maximizing that, or whether it's uh, with a mobility exercise, uh, or anything that's really going to facilitate that better movement without doing anything crazy. <laughs> I, I, right. you, you mentioned you mentioned on social media, uh, or at least marketing and, and, you know, as a result through social media, since it's so important in our uh, industry right now is that we see some of these absolutely absurd movements, whether it's, um, you know, these people that are demoing stuff, advocating for certain things. And you see this both in, in the fitness sphere as well as like nutritional stuff. And and it kind of all trickles into these various snake oil salesmanship tactics. And, uh, it just, it, it's not, I, I feel that it's not conducive to just providing people the answers that they're looking for when they go online. And so when they go online and they see these absurd, I can't, I can't, I can't put a different word on it because some of this <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah, is right just word. so absurd. It's so absurd to me that, uh, some of these people have such a large following and, and can get out this information. That's really, it's just too, there's, there's easier ways to do more. Right. So right. 
when you get too complex with some of these movements and you start adding a ton of instability and calling it functional, or you get into these, you know, heavily influenced from athletics or the performance standpoint or the resistance training or highly isolating movements. I think that it really has to come down to what somebody, what a client or somebody who is going into the gym needs. Are there ways for them to get those results that they're looking for without having to really be going, you know, having to get a degree in fitness and, and evaluate whether or not this stuff actually works. So to, to answer your question about, do I think any movement can be functional? I, I do think that there is some credence to that, but I don't think that it's necessarily conducive to what somebody might need in terms of their fitness journey. I think that's big as far as how often you see, you know, certain movements, like you just mentioned, where it's like, what is this movement? But it's like, I almost feel like we're just so tired of certain movements that we feel like are, we know good for people, but it's like, oh, that's boring. Or that's, you know, there's got to be something better, right? There's always something that I feel like people are trying to reinvent right. the wheel within certain movements. And it's like, no, this movement is, is really good for people. So I, I think that's something that you're right, where it's like, it's crazy how often you will see some movements and you're like, they're using these words to say functional. And it's like, it's not having right. that effect to the degree that they may be saying. Yeah. And is I, it functional for someone specifically? Right. You know, uh, if, if they can't maybe do something, do, do one movement and they don't have the range of motion or the mobility to do so, uh, is that really that functional for them? Or is it, uh, you know, what really is the, the key takeaway is just where somebody is at and, and what they need or should be doing. Right. Instead of exactly. sort of what what people are spewing into the void of social media and what they might somebody might pick up and be like, oh, well, this person said so and so I should do this on a med ball or I should you know, <laughs> yeah. balance a kettlebell on my head while I do a squat. I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, there's a that million, is some, there's a million things. <laughs> that is some of the crazy things you we have yeah. seen. So it's not like you're saying something out of the blue. Yeah. Like I've seen some stuff and I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't understand it. So I know with working with so many clients, you've had clients do things that are the right thing to do. So how important is form and exercise to be truly functional? Because I'm sure you've seen a lot of people come in with the form they thought was well, but it was not. And I know you had to do some working on that. So how important is right. form, you know, really to get the truly functional benefit? Yeah. So a, a big component of the first you know, uh, give or take month or so for a client that's coming to me is that evaluation and assessment process and finding how and where a client is sort of those habits and conditioning that they've already sort of solidified and re-educating them on how to uh, ask their body and, and sensory awareness and be allowed to move in a more, more proper way. Whereas uh, a lot of trainers, you know, you go to them and they really just kick your butt for an hour and they, they give you a few keywords uh, and, and, and then you're out of there. One of the big things that I try to do is make sure that somebody comes in uh, and if they're feeling not so great or they, you know, they're really looking forward to a good workout, making sure that they don't feel like they're dead walking out of the gym, number one, but two, making sure that those movements are facilitating them having a better day. So if they can't 
if they can't perform something and I'm seeing their form degrade very quickly under load, or uh, if I'm seeing certain behaviors and conditioning that is really not conducive to what we're trying to do, I'll sort of shift them away from that and really try to get them to do the movement or, or say modifications of that movement to really make sure that the workout is working for them, not them just, you know, going through the motions and burning some calories. I really want these functional movements to be, uh, you know, conducive to the, to the sort of the goals that we're trying to achieve in, in terms of increasing their, their biomechanical efficiency and, and what those movements are actually asking them to do. Uh, you know, if somebody is having trouble lifting from the floor, doing a, a basic sit to stand or squats, we're going to shift away from that and do some assisted stuff before we even get to some of those really basic movements so that when we get to those basic movements, those basic movements are learned a little bit easier and they already know what their body is, what they're asking their body to do. I love that you said the workout working for them. I think that's so key that it has to be quality, right? Because if you're coming in and you're doing your workouts, showing up is a big part of it. And don't get me wrong. I totally believe in someone showing up. But if it's not going to be where the quality, I don't think it's going to really help them. It's just like, you know, the thing we've always heard is, you know, practice makes perfect. And I don't believe in that yeah. because if it's not done the right way, you could be doing something wrong. Well, is the, is the practice really practice? <laughs> right. You know, at that yeah. Point. Right. So I think the same thing with the workouts. And, and I know you've been in the gym and I've been in the gym where, you know, we worked in gyms and we would see people all day. And you could see definitely mistakes that were being made. And so you know how important it is for these movements to help. Like you said, this is really for the quality of life and everyday movement. So if that's not right, then that's, you know, really where it's going to be a struggle with that. So I think that's so key to understand that. So I know with you working with clients, you've had plenty of clients come in and they probably had different levels of where they started. So can you share a story with a client who really struggled with movement, but through the, you know, you're working out with these functional exercises, you've really seen a change there. There's one guy in particular, and he is, uh, he just turned 66. Um, and he was having a lot of trouble with his ankle flexibility, um, d- both during squats and lunges and um, de- deadlifts even. And a lot of that sort of mobility, those mobility issues related to some of those movements, especially like with the lower leg and how that plays into the sort of some of these bigger compound movements. One of the things that uh, I try to do is get clients to do just a few steps extra outside the gym. You know, if I only see somebody two, three times a week, that's only about two or three hours that I'm seeing them. Right. So when I, when I, get a client that's like this, that has a, a pretty dysfunctional joint that really just needs a little bit mobility work and flexibility training in the off time. If they can get just a few minutes every day outside of the gym to do uh, some really deep caps, calf stretching and calf strengthening exercises and uh, getting them educated on how that joint may be influences the rest of their movement, all of a sudden it sort of clicks in their head and they say, oh, okay, I'm, I'm seeing how that my squat depth is affected by my ankle mobility or 
Uh, and that could, that could be for any joint and especially upper or lower, you know? Um, and so this guy, he was having a lot of issues with lunges and he was having a, you know, lateral deviation with his ankle to try to widen that base of support. And he was doing all this kinds of stuff. And so what we started doing was we, I ramped it down to isometrics, um, and really worked on the flexibility stuff, making sure that his calves were, and this is a desk worker. And so this is typical from what I've seen in terms of, um, sort of the inflexibility from sitting at a 90 degree angle all day. Right. Um, and so slowly over time, we've been able to get him lower and lower, getting his ankle mobility and, and flexibility greater and greater. And his now his lunges are deeper, more beneficial. I can tell that his legs have grown, his glutes and his hamstrings as a result of this ankle inflexibility and, and uh, immobility or lack of mobility, I should say. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, all these other compound movements, just this whole door opened up where he was like, wow, I'm, you know, I'm my, my legs have gotten bigger. Uh, my calves feel better. They're less tight as a result of the things that I've been just a few minutes outside of the gym, but then our, our movements in the gym are feeling better. And so it's this big whole whirlwind of cascading effect from just these small tweaks to even, even something like the ankle or the wrists or these small joints, smaller joints that have a huge impact on, on the rest of the body. It's great to see the impact really take an effect when, like you said, you can see the movements, you can see the body just functioning at a better level. And that's really what this is all about is where we talked about the quality of your life and the movements. Right. So yeah, that's great. And I, that's one of the things I love to see within my clients as well. So what's the thing you would tell someone right now that's really struggling on getting started in this journey, you know, with this new year beginning, a lot of people might have that motivation to get started, but I know a lot of people are still hesitant. So what would you tell them to get them going on their journey? Uh, well, first and foremost, um, and I know that this isn't functional or, or any sort of modality specific, uh, is just find something you can do well enough, well enough and enjoy, right? Uh, a lot of exercise comes down to enjoyment factor in terms of longevity and, and forming, you know, forming these good habits and, and lifestyle changes. So finding something that you enjoy is so crucial to at least being regular about it. It's not like you have to be a hundred percent perfect in a, you know, whether it's attendance or uh, whether you like it or not or whatever, but making sure that you at least are getting in the gym or getting outside moving your body, doing something, getting your blood pumping a little bit, uh, and, and just, just letting that process of getting through, going through the motions, no pun intended, uh, right. to, to get it on the roll is really the secret to being consistent is not worrying about so much of how well you're doing it or how, you know, obviously you don't want to hurt yourself. So you don't want to go heavy weight. You don't want to do, uh, you know, your first run is going to be seven miles. You know, that's, you're asking for trouble when you overreach. Right. So just find a way to 
get moving, whether it's walking, doing a little bit of light weightlifting or biking or, you know, what, whatever it may be that you feel like you could do on a regular basis that is just facilitates that health and wellness mindset and focusing on longevity where you can say, okay, three months from now, when a lot of people are sort of over the fact that they might not be sticking to their new year's resolutions, I'll continue down this process, this journey and keep expanding and fleshing out my health and wellness routine to incorporate maybe other things that I've wanted to try. And that's where a qualified personal trainer can come in for a resistance program or a running coach. If you want to do maybe half marathons or or you want to work up to a marathon or, uh, you know, joining a cycling team, if you like road cycling, uh, you know, that's where it all starts, like you said, from just showing up and just doing something, just a little bit of something. It could even just be walking 15 minutes down the road, your alarm dings you and you turn back around and you walk 15 minutes back home. I mean, it, it can be something as simple as that. And I love that you mentioned enjoying it because you're doing this for the long run. It should be enjoyable. This should be something that you don't despise doing, right? It should be something that you are eager to do and just getting started. It will come as you go. Don't feel like you have to do everything at once. So I love how you mentioned that, Nick. So where can our audience get connected with you at? Yeah. So an easy way to get in contact with me is through my website, which is fitwiz.org. And that has all my associated direct contact stuff. Or uh, if you're looking for social media stuff, I have business and personal Facebook uh, and Instagram related pages uh, and links will be in the uh, details of the podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing your growth in this upcoming year as well. Yeah, you too, man. It's always, it's always great reconnecting with some of the guys from school and, and seeing us all do good stuff in the uh, health and wellness space. Thank you for joining us this week. To view the complete show notes and all the links mentioned in today's episode, head over to ltaperformance365.com slash high performer. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you love this podcast, feel free to leave a review. And if you're ready to create your own high performer blueprint, be sure to head over to ltaperformance365.com and we'll talk soon.